It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis, and uh, good sir uh, on the other end. Uh, please tell the folks about yourself. Who are you? I am the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. You know it. You love it. The real Matty D here to stay forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't change that, man. That's great. I, I just felt Matt Devlin pop off his pillow, being like, "What?" Yeah, Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. When, when we say Matty D, Matt Devlin gets a chill down his back. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, "Is there a ghost nearby?" <laughs> um, uh, let me just uh, shout you out, uh, quick, Matty D. You are the uh, the greatest producer that ever lived. Oh, I appreciate God. you. Uh, I only noticed last week. That when I say Vision Six Nine, you, you're on YouTube. You're doing a weird thing with my face. That was really funny. Um, yeah, so I kind of look like the screen painting. It's good. It's good. I was wondering <laughs> uh, if you were noticing that. Yeah, I've been yeah, uh, playing yeah, around morphing your head for some reason. No, it's good. It's it, good. I look like, a, like you paid for those AI pictures with me and took the worst one. <laughs> so, appreciate that, dude. Oh God. Um okay, let's uh yeah, let's get this pod rolling. Uh thanks for coming back, come for the first time, whatever. Um we are Raptors slash NBA. We are with Raptors Republic. And uh yeah, today it's a, a full RR crew, full RR podcast crew, actually. Um and, and we've had this crew assembled before, so uh yeah, it should be filled with chemistry. Um I even though I said that in the least uh, charismatic possible way. Um, she's done this podcast more than anyone else. Uh, one of the basketball people I love the most in the world. Um, we do a WNBA podcast together, The Pickup. Uh, she does Buckets and Tea uh, with Raptors Republic. Uh, I think her last episode was with um, TSN's Wesley Chang. Uh, she's amazing. Um, give it up as high as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Catherine Niker. Hello, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, usually this podcast has like a nine minute intro. I say, let's go for 10. You know what I mean? Really, really want to like break the record here. But I'll just say shout out to Matt Duncan. Truly a great producer. If anyone's wondering why my podcast has less production value, it's because I don't have a Matt Duncan in my life. So here's the deal. If your name is Matt 
and you're looking to be a podcast producer, reach out to me. Okay. Cause I'm looking for you only accepting applications from guys named Matt has to be a man. And if your last name starts with a D obviously top of the pile, <laughs> but just letting you know, that's what's up. Hi. Hey, what's up? That's a great opening plug. Um, if, uh, <laughs> if you, if you want to be a producer and your name is specifically Matt, I hope you were listening. We're not going to bring it up again. Um, but, uh, yeah, hit us in our DMS, hit us in the comments. We're looking for other Maddie D's, preferably <laughs> last name starting with a D as well. Yeah. And um, he'll be known as the other Maddie D that's right. Maddie three. Um, okay. Let's, let's bring on uh, guest number two. Uh, he's coming at us from a viciously cold Edmonton. Um, he's also with RR, uh, also a podcaster, uh, He's incredible, uh, amazing analysis, amazing guests. Uh, I really enjoy his podcast, Running Off the Screen. Um, give it up as high as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt Cunningham. Oh, that's so smooth. It is smooth. It's a good one. For free music, you never know what you're um, what's up? Thanks for returning to the show, man. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, I feel like we're like a part of the new wave of RR. I think we started around the same time, so it's pretty cool to be back together. Oh, yeah. It's good, yeah. This is like, you know, maybe we'll, uh, yeah, maybe we'll start naming this group. We're the the, yeah. the Young Guns. Is that fair? Yeah. Are well, we like the Young Guns? Sonny Weems and Damar and Amir. Yeah. I'll be Sonny Weems. <laughs> yeah. um, the most, the one with the most longevity. I'll, I'll be, um, I'll be Amir. I'll represent us at whatever next zombie walk there is. Huge, huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for Sonny, if you need a really amazing YouTube clip of a dunk off, uh, dunk off in Russia, Sonny Weems killed it. Check that out. Probably 12 <laughs> years ago. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. It's good. He does some nasty dunks. Not going to lie. Um, Okay, let's start talking about some Raptors ball. Uh, all of our sound clips are now Weird Al themed. <laughs> uh, Matty D, give me your weirdest Weird Al Raptors sting. Me and spending all my life living in a Raptors paradise. Okay. We got some new wow. one. I can't even tell. <laughs> this is good. Ready? Don't forget. Trust in Maasai. I love it. Thank you. Maasai. Maasai. I can see Weird Al saying it that way. Weird Al is pronouncing it. For sure, yeah. Honestly, all the Weird Al um, clips and sounds, they seem pretty Weird Al-y, so <laughs> it works out. Um, Matty D, you're the greatest. Uh, let's go first to you, Mac. Um, yeah, just... Plainly, um, how concerned uh, should we be about uh, Fred's struggles, Fred Van Vliet? Hmm. If I were to put it like on a scale to like from one to 10, I would say like a 7.5. Uh, now, this isn't the first time we've had this conversation about Fred's shooting slumps. And in the like in the past, he's been able to work his way in small doses from those mm -hmm. uh, struggles. Uh, but I've been living with it mainly because Fred has this ability to make timely shots. And of course he's, he brings the defense on the court. So you, it's, it's easy to kind of um, put the shooting aside for a bit. However, being such a small guard, it's extremely important for his efficiency to go up because 
his points don't come in the paint area. It makes it very predictable as a guard uh, to, to guard the rest of our team. And our half-court sets have been ugly. Now, I think there's been six games this season. He's shot under 30% from the field. And that's like a third of the games he's played. I think he played 18 games. So it's alarming, but I'm I'm hoping that OG and Pascal's growth can hopefully, hopefully um, mask his struggles uh, throughout the season while he figures himself out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm usually not, uh, you know, kind of panicky person. Um, I feel like, you know, I mentioned to both of you before the pod started that the Raptors were, I think, yeah, 11 and 13 around the, the 24 game mark uh, last year. We're, we're 500 after just losing the Boston. Uh, Fred has struggled. Um, I was looking at his game score, which is something I, uh, you know, enjoy checking out. Uh, you know, via basketball reference, it's a good sort of look at like the overall effect someone has on the game. So, you know, Fred's had a bunch of games that are uh, in the twenties, which is, which is incredible this year. Um, but since he has come back from uh, having the flu, uh, you know, he had a, a, a really solid kind of contribution game against Dallas. Uh, and uh, after that, he, He's had really low game scores. Um, and, you know, that kind of tells me that he's just, he's not affecting the game uh, like we expect him to, right? He was an all-star last year. And, you know, there's a lot of different things going on with this season. Uh, and and with Fred, um, it's kind of, you know, we're, we're both training Scotty to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, Fred's having to dip into this Kyle Lowry territory where he's, he's, picking points to be assertive and then also letting other people flourish. And, you know, to your point, he is a small guard and um, he has to be shooting well to really kind of, I think outweigh the negatives. Uh, my concern level isn't as high just because I, I really do believe in Fred, you know, finding different ways to contribute Um However, I think, you know, the last three seasons, he uh, you know, it was 36 minutes a game. Last year was 37 minutes a game. This year is 36 minutes a game again. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think that Fred, uh, we need to find a way to trust other people and to give him a break, uh, you know, not just like letting him play so much and burn out and then kind of giving Malachi or, or Delano the start. Um and then, you know, when he comes back, it's like another 40-minute game. Like, we have to find a way to bring his his sort of marathon contribution down a little bit. Because uh, more than being worried about Fred, personally, I, I'm seeing burnout. I think that's what I'm seeing the most. Um, Catherine, where, where are you at with your concern level for Fred? Well, well, first of all, Freddie, are you going to give us a number? The whole time no. I was like, give us a number out of 10. Oh, Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to, but I was no, like no. waiting for it. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that's fair because Matt gave us a number. I said concern level, which I, I guess could be like high, medium. Um, I would hmm. say out of ten, I put it at like a four, only okay. because I think, yeah, like you know, part of part of what I've seen from Fred, you know, just weighing it all, I still have like the the Golden State. Uh, finals Fred in my head, the, the, the Milwaukee Fred, the all-star Fred, the 50, uh, you know, five points in a game Fred. Like I've seen him do so much 
that I have to assume that even if, you know, his body's a bit broken down and he's a little bit sick and, you know, there's all these different things going on. I have to assume that he'll be better than what we're seeing right now. And yeah, I guess it hasn't been a long enough stretch for me to be really worried. Although I don't think we should like, you know, err on the side of like nothing's wrong. If that makes sense. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, for me, uh, I think I, I'm pretty, I'm relatively concerned. I'll probably mark it around a six. I mean, nice. I think, um, you know, I think the thing for him, when I look at some of his games where he has scored over 20 points, the shooting percentage isn't that great. Like when he had 26 against the Mavericks, he was seven for 18. And when he had 23 against the Heat, he was seven for 21. So I think it's really more like you want to see that shooting percentage be higher. I think right now he's sitting around 27 percent. And I think teams aren't afraid when he does shoot. And I think that's the biggest concern for us is that teams are letting him shoot because even though, you know, even if he gets 23 points in a game, they know he's missing enough that they're kind of fine with it. So that to me is the bigger concern um, than, than how many points he actually scores per game. Really it's the mm-hmm. shooting percentage I want him to look at. And so, you know, since then, yeah, like he had like 13, then only two against the the Pelicans, then 10 against the Nets, 13, and then eight. So that's a pretty bad stretch for him. Um, I will agree with you, Freddie, on that. I do think Fred is, I think the Raptors are better when we're not relying so heavily on Fred to score, mm-hmm. but I think he's got to do better than where he's at right now. Um, and as everyone who has listened to me before knows, I'm a Nick Nurse stan. Nick Nurse has a book called The Pill, and he released a companion basketball that goes with it. And it's all about how to shoot. So it's like, Freddie, get in a little Freddie Van Vliet. I mean, not Freddie Rivas. Get in no. a little midnight read, you know, get in a little midnight read. Let it soak in. And ultimately, the only way guys get out of shooting slumps is by shooting more. So you know, there's not really much we can do other than let him shoot. Yeah. And, and I think that's sort of where I'm at with this. I, I feel like he's a, he's a great shooter on his career. You know, uh, as recently as last year, he was in a category of like, you know, him, uh, Steph Curry and buddy healed as far as like most made threes and percentages and that sort of thing. Like, I feel like Steph obviously is a category all into his own. Um, I also feel like, you know, there's a thing with Fred where it's this is going to sound like a cop out, but it happens sometimes with the leaderships where he he brings more value than his raw stats. He is a leader. He's, you know, and he's the one kind of translating what we're doing in the huddles. He's kind of like the, the coach on the floor. Um even though Pascal's obviously the best player. Uh, and, and I think that's always important to remember with a guy like Fred. Um, but uh, that said, I think this Boston game is a really good example of sort of if we're, if we're expecting to get to this really, this really high level, which I think, you know, a lot of fans think that we can um, I'll say personally, I, I don't feel I, you know, from the beginning of a season, off season, I do not think that this Raptors team is in the same category as Milwaukee or Boston, nor do I think they can get there this year. I just, I don't think, like, I think our ceiling is lower than both of those teams. 
But I think, you know, in regards to the rest of the East, I do feel like this team can get there. Um, yeah, Mac, where, where are you with sort of, I, this is a bit of an add on question, but, um, yeah, like the kind of like the overall, you know, like the, the things I'm discussing about Fred, like the kind of the intangibles, like, do you think that they matter? Am I overstating them? They do matter definitely, but I think it, it would matter even more if the rest of our team was playing better. You know, you can't have Fred have a slump and Scotty have a slump. Like we need at least two guys to help uh, Pascal throughout these games. And I think one of the issues with is with Fred's efficiency is I know you mentioned about his shooting. Uh, I think it was last year you said with Heald and Curry. Those were mostly his catch and shoot numbers that really put yep. it up there in the elite. And I think a lot of what's going on this season is he's creating a lot off the dribble and shooting like from there. And I think him off the dribble with the big defender over him mm-hmm. might have some injuries, the flu and all those things that's going yep. on. It, I think that's a part of why his efficiency has been down this season. Now his efficiency efficiency hasn't been the greatest throughout his career, but that's one thing that really stands out to me this season is that there's not a lot of catch and shoot opportunities for him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, when we run a bad set in the offense, it's often Fred, you know, heaving those bailout shots which I think is sort of bringing his overall efficiency down. However, you know, I don't think that's an excuse because he is the floor general, right? We expect him to be kind of running the place. Um, Yeah. Catherine, before we move on, where where are you at? Like, you know, with the kind of like the intangibles of, of Fred. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously like he is our leader, you know, and he, you know, kind of like how Kyle was with this team, right? Like he does have those intangibles, but I I also agree with Mac. Like you can't have multiple guys on this team going through bad slumps and expect to win. Also too, like, don't forget, we've been facing some really good teams lately. Like Pelicans are top four in the West right now. Um, You know, Brooklyn have found their stride. They're sixth in the East right now. And then obviously Boston's the best in the league. Like, I mean, you know, I I know fans don't want to hear this because, you know, we don't like Boston. But Mm -hmm. if the playoffs started today, I would predict them to win it all. Like they're really at another level right now. So, you know, and we, you know, and we were right there till the very end. So I, I don't think people should be hitting the panic button. I don't think people should get too freaked out. You know, shooting slumps happen. We should be grateful that it's happening in like late November, early December, you know, than any other time of year. And, you know, I I think we'll be fine. I think we'll figure it out. I think we'll be okay. I think the nucleus of this team is still really strong and we'll we'll get past this. Uh, Okay. That's actually a really good transition point. And let's stick with you, Catherine. Um, yeah, this, so this team's 500 right now. Uh, they haven't won or lost three games in a row. It's been really kind of, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, let's lose three in a row. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's, let's give it a try. You know what I mean? Enough's enough. Yeah. Um, Orlando <laughs> lost nine or ten in a row. Why can't we do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, what what key, although let me throw in the caveat because I just feel like it's, Although it's true, it's not fun enough to talk about for the sake of a podcast. So let's let's throw out injuries as as a like a thing because you you know saying like we just need to be healthy is is obviously true. Um, and uh, when a team's doing poorly, being like, well, we're injured is is also obviously true. But I think you know for the sake of a podcast and kind of interesting conversation and you know that kind of 
analysis. Let's let's dig a little bit deeper. But yeah, what do you feel like is the key to kind of gaining some momentum uh, to this season? You know, not dissimilar to last year. Well, Freddie, I don't know why you decided now to throw out injuries as something to talk about it, here. Is that your main but, thing? Well, it is, the, it is the main thing. It is. I mean, when you think about it, because, you know, your question was about like lack of momentum and it's like mm-hmm. injuries have been a huge part of that. I think they've been the most significant part of that, you know, as, you know, shooting slumps aside. Um, I think injuries has been huge for this team. And so, you know, even like, obviously like Pascal was out for a few weeks, we still don't have precious back. Um, you know, auto, yeah. Auto Porter's juniors not been great. And then like, even with Scotty Barnes, I feel like his injury status has been a bit confusing to me because he seems to be pretty banged up, but also like totally fine to play the next game kind of when you don't even like expect him to be. And I know it's only his second year and he's a really young guy and stuff, but I think maybe his health status is a little more questionable that has been let out. Not that anyone's like hiding anything. I'm not insinuating that, but I just think he's a bit more banged up than, than maybe they're letting on. So, uh, you know, I do think it's a huge part of it. And I think, um, you know, Nick nurse is still trying to figure things out a bit, um, which is frustrating as fans, but, you know, we need to get, we need more games like we had against Orlando, right. Where we can rest some of these starters and then see what the rest of our bench is really capable of. Um, But you're not really going to do that against a team like Boston when you're like, this is the best team in the league and we need to see, you know, what we're really capable of. You're not going to get minutes for Delano Banton and, and Malachi Flynn and guys like that unfortunately so you know I still think we are at a place where we still need to see exactly what this team is fully fully capable of I feel like at the beginning of the year things were really singing like things are really nice when we were all healthy so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident we'll get back there before the end of this month and you know if we get into a rhythm before January I think we're in pretty good shape yeah, well said. And I feel like, you know, uh, uh, in, in, a, in the podcast world, obviously in the Twitter world, it is very moment to moment. And, you know, those first like 10 games like before Pascal got injured, there was this vibe of like, we just had a, bu- we just played a bunch of really hard teams and we came out of it like 6-4 or whatever it was. And things were singing. I feel like there was a lot of good things going on. Um, also, to your point about Barnes, uh, you know, obviously him... Uh, Fred, you know, they're, they're playing through injuries of, to some degree. And Barnes, like, I think the sequence I saw from the Boston game where I was the most like, what is going on? Uh, it, it felt very, uh, you know, watching a lot of the World Cup, it felt very, uh, you know, reminiscent of something in soccer where a player is hurt and then there's a, and then they get the ball back and it's like, they're, they're just, they're going for it. And he was guarding Tatum and Tatum did this like spin and, and and Scotty pulled up like, oh, my God, I really just hurt my knee and was like started almost limping. But then there was an immediate turnover and he turned and like tried to demand the ball from Pascal, I think it was, and didn't get it. But then there was still like a kind of like a semi fast break. And then he was like off to the races. So, yeah, whatever's going on with Scotty, it's 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 hard to tell. It was sort of like it seemed like you were legitimately hurt there, but also it seems like you're totally fine. It's, it's hard to kind of 
figure out what the deal is with Scotty's health, to be honest. Um, and I think that's played a part in his, you know, the whether or whether or not he's a, he's aggressive. I felt like he was really aggressive against Boston, but um, yeah, where, where are you at uh, Mac, as far as this team finding a rhythm and, I did throw y'all a curveball. So if it's also injury, that is okay. Oh uh, <laughs> no, it's not injury. But yeah, on the on the Scotty part, like I feel like every game he's grimacing. Yeah, with his knee or his ankle. I think they need to sit. He's got that tape week. now too. Yeah, on his knee, and I think he just needs to sit for like two, three weeks. Even yeah. if it's something to like mentally decompress, I just think he needs that. I don't know what's going on. Like you said, I agree. But um, yeah, th- that's that. And uh, with the f- as far as the momentum, I think the <sighs> our roster has is like at least the top half of our roster is a collection of players that are like primarily known as three and D players. We don't have those game changers, you know, or you can say closers that can will us to victory like like Boston does, right? They they had Jason Tatum and he willed them to victory last night. Mm-hmm. So if if our sh- three point shot is off or we're not bringing it on the defensive end, the game will get ugly very fast and it will trigger our notorious fake comebacks. So with that said, <laughs> the en- <laughs> the energy... It's a thing. It is it's a, a thing. thing. The fake comebacks, yeah. right? And with that said, the energy and the hustle needs to be our calling card on a nightly basis. Like if we were to compare this to boxing, the Raptors can't go eight rounds getting punched in the face and expect to come back the next four rounds and win. You know, they, they need to just be banking on punching first and punching often. Cause I think it's essential for this, the way this team is built to be the aggressor. And whether that means like getting quicker substitute uh, substitutions um, to prevent wearing our players down or maybe combined getting deeper bench looks Mm-hmm. We just can't relax. We need to bring that energy at all times. So in short, I believe urgency, calculated aggression, better communication are the elements to us getting our momentum back. Yeah, I, lots of good points there. And I think, you know, you you hit on my my take You know, at the end. And uh, this isn't the first time I've said this. Um, many people have said this as well, but it, it's deeper bench looks. I think... If you're, you know, if you're nurse and you're like, hey, Banton, Malachi, they can't cut it. They just can't cut it. They don't belong. That's one thing. But I think sort of doing this thing where we're playing our players so heavily where they need a full game rest. And it's like, okay, Mal- Malachi, you're starting tonight. Yeah. There has to be some middle ground there where it's like Malachi, um, we need you to bring it for five minutes a half every game. And if you don't bring it for five minutes a half every game, well, then you're, you're going to lose out to Banton. Uh, Thaddeus, you get to play five minutes a half every game. Um, you know, maybe not Birch, right? Maybe some players are, are, are pretty situational, but even a guy like Coloco, right? You know, there's been games where he is starting and playing a bunch. And then there's games where he doesn't play at all. And uh, I think on one hand, it's like, yeah, okay, great. Don't underestimate nurses kind of like, you know, whatever, uh, like quantum brain here. And, and maybe he's using the first part of the season to figure some things out. But when I look at Fred and when I look at Scotty and I see this, this wear and tear, and I totally agree with you, you know, I do think that 
I'd like to see a refresh Scotty. Um, mentally recharging is also a part of it, right? Um, you know, kind of studying the game. Um, even, you know, I, I'm someone who's been against uh, bringing Gary to the bench, but uh, I'm seeing some value in that. I'm seeing, you know, uh, I think it will take some time to figure that rhythm out. But if, if Gary's still getting, you know, a, a significant amount of minutes every game, he does have that opportunity to kind of study the game uh, when he's not starting and come in and, and, and make shots and, you know, have his imprint on the game. Uh, yeah. So I feel like there needs to be some kind of like substitution pattern consistency, uh, some deeper bench stuff, uh, you know, just to kind of mitigate some of the wear and tear uh, on this roster. I feel like that would really go a long way. Especially um, this like, early especially this early on in the year. Might as right. well, right? See what you got. December, what was it? December 15th is like where those players that signed free agency in the offseason, they can get traded, right? So figure out what you got until like mid-December and then shake up the roster if need be. Now you don't really know what you have. You don't know what lineups work because you're always being so strict with your with your with your substitutions giving the, the end of bench guys short leashes. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, and it kind of puts, you know, Nurse is a mad scientist, but it kind of puts him in this category where he's like the mad scientist with player injuries, as opposed to having more of a full roster and kind of like moving the chess pieces around in that respect. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I I think I think that's good for for this segment. Does anyone have anything else to add, Catherine Mac, before we move on? Okay, let's uh, let's do it. Maddie D is gonna come in here, uh, but first, Maddie D, give us give us your weirdest weird Al NBA sting. This is Adam Silverhorn. <laughs> yeah. This is Adam Silver honk honk. <laughs> Not as weird as I thought it would be, honestly. I know you get used to it, right? Uh, at a certain point, it's like this isn't even weird. <laughs> weird Al singing "This Is Adam Silver," ha ha, um, which uh, yeah exists only in the world that uh, Maddie D has created. Okay, let's get silly here for a sec. Um, the beam, uh, the beam's fun. Uh, sports are are meant to not be consumed. So seriously, uh, lighting the beam is is weird. It's hilarious. Uh, the shoot, uh, you know, when the Sacramento Kings win, they they press a button, uh, which fires or triggers probably another button uh, for people to shoot a giant purple beam into the sky, uh, which I can only assume is absolutely disrupting uh, all of the birds and wildlife in the area. Um, but you know, fans are going wild. People love the beam. It's really silly. Uh, Sacramento's having a good year. I saw a fun clip recently of uh, them bringing uh, Fifty Cent to uh, to like the area where he was going to hit the beam, and there was another player from Sacramento. I forget who it was who was really ready to hit the beam, and then someone like tapped on his shoulder, and they were like, 50's here. Is it okay if he hits the beam?" And the player was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." And I think they like hit it together. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, shit's getting weird, and I, and I love that. So, it made me think. Um, what are some other potential celebrations around the league? Uh, so, I want you to think of a team. Uh, and give me their uh, your suggestion of, of what weird celebration they should have, uh, similar to the beam. Matty D, 
Uh, you're going to kick off a silly segment here. What team are you picking and what is their weird celebration? Well, maybe they're on the top of my head right now because we played them last night. But I was thinking of the Boston Celtics and being a very Irish town, Boston, I thought, sure, why not have like an Irish wake after the game with like the (laughs) with the with like the mascot of the opposing team? But like it's like uh, penny on the pennies on the eye. like yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Boondock Saints. They bring him in and they like set it, sent, he's like uh, center court. And (laughs) then like a bit of a bar opens up and the fans can come down and have a drink and stuff. And it starts to rain. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It starts to rain in the arena. It starts to ruin the hardwood. So it's raining on the bar. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Everything, it's 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 wet. inside. Yeah. (laughs) There's a mascot. We have to ask the mascot to stay for 30 to 40 minutes after the game, the opposing mascot, (laughs) pennies on the eyes. And yeah, like uh, the fans get to have a couple drinks and, and, you know, relish in the win. (laughs) Um, That's wonderful. That's absolutely what I was looking for for this. Uh, An Irish wake. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Yeah. So many things about that would probably be like dangerous. I mean, I added the wet factor. So um (laughs) <laughs> I think Catherine said ruining the hardwood. It's all this is good. This is good shit. Um okay. Catherine, let's let's go to you. Um what uh what team are you picking? What is their weird celebration when they win? You know what? I actually like didn't really go weird and went more cool, I think. Although okay. maybe you'll that's, be that's, like Catherine, yeah. that's just weird. But no. I went I went with the Pelicans because you know they're they're good this year, finally yeah. after a while. And you know, they're in New Orleans and I, I feel like so I, I feel like they need to have like a real like marching band come out every time they win a game. Oh, every time they win a game, we need like a proper marching band that comes out onto the court. And then, you know, I looked it up. They've only uh, won a playoff series twice in their franchise history. They've only made it to the second round twice and they've lost both times. And I think, you know, this year, you know, every time they win a a playoff series, the band needs to get bigger. Oh, yeah. And then if they win it all. If they win it all, then they then the parade has to start there with the band. But the band leads everyone, right? Like it leads like I I personally, I think NBA parades need more pizzazz than -hmm. just the players and the trophy. Like make it a parade. You know what I mean? Like even Santa Claus has more than more going on than, than the average NBA parade. So I think the band should lead them and then they should go to the NFL stadium. And end it there because you know like how in New Orleans everyone's like oh football is like the main thing here and no one really cares about basketball and mm-hmm. I think like if they win a championship they need to stomp on that <laughs> football field and be like we've arrived we are here damn it and so that's what that's what I think they should do. Um, that's great. I'm very into that. That is cool. Um, yeah, is. And um, yeah, add people to the band. But you know what? If it rains on the band. Yeah, let's add rain to all of them. And they bring out a bar. <laughs> then that, good, would, yeah. that actually only makes it more cool somehow. That doesn't make yeah. it weird. All of these have rain inside, like Truman Show style. I don't even know yeah. if it rains much in New Orleans, to be honest. Yeah, but that's fine. All the ideas have rain. All the ideas have alcohol. Uh, maybe even pennies on the eye. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? All of our ideas, are, they're just going to get added together. 
Um, Perfect. <laughs> okay, Mac, what is your team? Um, what is uh, what is your weird celebration? Knowing, of course, that there's going to be rain indoors, pennies on the eyes, <laughs> and um, and drinking. Yeah. I, I thought Catherine was going to go the Mardi Gras route, like people get beads and they start. Well, anyway. But, well, yeah, yeah, we could go that route too. Yeah, I think it was sexy. In but I too, wanted to fine. do the. I wanted to stick it to the to the football fans there, but yeah. you know, yeah. so that's why I went that route. But obviously, take yeah, that Saints. Of course, the Mardi maybe regular season games. It's Mardi Gras, and then we just get bigger and bigger from there. It's not. It's not a bad suggestion, Mac. I should have thought of it. <laughs> no worries. I, I had a tough time thinking about this one, but I was thinking maybe the Milwaukee Bucks can do something called get buck after every home Ooh, game. Okay, fun. this is good. After every home win, the player of the game or the coach, maybe Coach Budenholzer, has to wear a pair of gold-plated antlers during their <laughs> during their post-game <laughs> interviews. This is good. This is great. Okay, that's like the Blue Jays jacket kind of. It's a, a really heavy antlers. <laughs> yeah. And I could, I, I could just imagine the crowd just saying, like, get buck, get buck. And, like, <laughs> oh, 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 while, the, while the game clock's winding down and then they just put the antlers on the coach's head while he does his interview, that would be pretty cool. I oh, love get that. buck. That's, That's so fun. I, I pictured, I pictured, <laughs> you were, I thought you were going to say that. And then you get two fans to like butt heads. Oh. <laughs> oh oh my God. Two drunkest fans, plus it's raining, raining. Yeah. and they're drunk. It's raining. The eye. That's yeah. That's how we add all that. And then the fans butt heads. This is good. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Get, get buck. I definitely think would catch on real quick. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I have a couple like half baked ideas. Uh, Denver Nuggets, everybody gets a nugget. One nugget, <laughs> chicken nugget. <laughs> one, nugget. <laughs> one singular nugget. One nugget, and just uh, at the end of each aisle is a different dipping sauce. So you just get your nugget, you dip it on the way out. Have a nice night. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Um, uh, also the uh, the Wizards. Uh, there's a wizard that comes to. Um, center court. I'm thinking like a Gandalf type. Uh, lights go out. They scream, "You shall not pass!" Uh, slams the staff down. You have like some like lasers go. That's a bit too close to the beam. Uh, so, but you know, I think it'd be funny. People would would shout like, "You shall not pass!" Sort of thing. Sounds like you could use um, some rain. Could be some good rain that, there. Sounds, oh yeah, <laughs> it's pouring in that Whoa. scenario. It is pouring. Um. <laughs> Freddie, if that ever happens, like you need to audition for the role of the wizard. Like I can't picture anyone oh. that would be better at that than you. Please, and that's a compliment. Me. That's a thank compliment. you for no. I I, I honestly take that <laughs> as, as a extreme. And also, you wouldn't even have to work that much because they win so few games. Totally, that's that's a good part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The good the good part is I'm gonna they just fly I'm, you out like 15 times a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My buyout rate They're only winning 15 home games this season. Um, so, uh, but the, okay, here, here, this one's a bit, you know, it's dumb, but uh, it's, uh, I think, could catch on in, in a really non sequitur way. So the Portland Trailblazers, obviously I love the name Trailblazers. Um, every time they win, you have uh, a fan that you've paid at the start of the season to uh, hike the Oregon Trail. Um, and you, you cut to them like right after they win and it's just a quick check-in they tell you how 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 much distance they've covered where they're at 
uh, how the hiking trip is going. Um, and you know, it would be fun because like, if, if there's a bit of a losing streak, people would be like, how's that person doing? Like, are, are they okay? You know what I mean? Um, and then if they win, you know, if they win a lot, the person could be like, not much has changed. Like I just went for a swim or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously rain, um, Wizards. drinking and yeah, pennies in the eye. Um, okay, cool. I think, uh, I think this segment got appropriately stupid. Uh, thank you all. <laughs> Um, let's finish off here with the last question. I'm um, going to go to you first, Mac. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, every podcast, everything I listen to, people are always talking about, especially Wembenyana, right? And uh, Scoot Henderson uh, this year, uh, you know, potentially generational uh, talents coming into the league. Tanking is always a thing. Who should tank? How should they blow it up? When should they blow it up? Et cetera. Um, but I find, you know, especially as a Raptors fan, that you know, we ha- we were in this in this place, uh, you know, forever ago, where we traded Rudy Gay, we tried to trade Kyle Lowry, uh, didn't go down. But then we kind of like gelled, and we you know had that amazing run, lost to Brooklyn. The rest is history. Uh, we decided not to blow it up. Masai decided not to blow it up, and um, it was a good thing. So I'm I'm wondering who you think. Uh, is a team that might be experiencing doesn't have to be like a bottom team, just someone who is not doing what they expected to do. Uh, and yeah, like what team is that? And like how, like how and why should they like kind of stick, stay the course? It's hard for me to pinpoint one team that I wouldn't want to just blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dallas comes to mind just because I feel like, yeah, that's a good one. I feel like, the, hey, like they'll never be the top two seed, but they'll never be a bottom feeder. <laughs> and they have so much like contracts tied up for the next few years that are like eating up salary. Like Bertans and Tim Hardaway Jr. combined for 34 mil a year. And they're going to be under contract for a couple of years. I feel like that's a good spot to give Luca some help if they had that opening. But the question is about staying the course. So I think the Warriors, they haven't been playing well. Um, they have, again, they have a lot of money tied up in their rotation. I say stay the course for them for obvious reasons, championship pedigree. Uh, they have a great set of prospects on their roster. If they don't shake things up too much, I can see them developing their young guys. Uh, they have Rollins, Moody, Baldwin Jr., Kaminga, Wiseman, and you can add Poole in that mix. They can find themselves being competitive for pretty, like pretty much five to 10 years down the road. So, I think the problem with blowing up teams and that logic is the young mm-hmm. players that you're trying to develop usually don't have many veteran voices around them to like guide them in their progression, like the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Now, what, ha- what often happens, by the time they're close to figuring things out, the teams have already given up on them and potentially wasted two, three years out of their career while damaging their self-confidence in the process. So... I say if you have young young process or young prospects, just stay the course. Yeah, I think the, you know that's a good point. I've I've long you know been on that side, especially watching the process. Like just the the winning culture thing is, is really underestimated, and um, it's it's so much easier to build down than it is to build up. Um, and I think, you know, it's why it's, it's an easy topic for, for podcasters and analysts too, right? Because 
it's easy for us to think about, okay, well, this team, they just trade their best player and get a bunch of draft picks. But it's a lot harder to be like, okay, wait a second. How does this team that is underachieving, like, like is it is it do they continue to develop? Do they make a trade? Is it a coaching thing? Like, what exactly, how do they finagle things to get better? It's just, it's harder. Um, yeah. Uh, where are you at, Catherine? What's your... What's your team or what's a, yeah, you know, like, like, how does this question strike you? Yeah, my answer was also the Warriors, um, basically for all the reasons Max spelled out. Um, you know, I think the only other thing I'll, I'll add to that is that, you know, like James Wiseman has unfortunately not panned out to be who they thought they would be. But they won it without him last year. And uh, he's in the G League now, apparently isn't doing that great in the G League either. But give him some time. You're better off keeping him and trying to invest in him further than just like dumping him at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's a bit to me, it's a bit more of a vibes situation than it is an ability situation. And I think if they, if they figure it out, uh, they'll be able to hit their stride in time. But I think for the sake of having a different answer, um, I'm going to go with the Lakers, you know, all season yeah, long, sure. all off season long, we've been trying to figure out how this team could make a trade. Should they, Obviously, how did they get rid of Westbrook was the conversation for months Mm -hmm. and months and months, maybe even a year almost, really. And, you know, do they get rid of Anthony Davis? Is this the time? Do they trade LeBron? And now suddenly in the last week, they've really hit their stride. Anthony Davis is playing some of the best basketball of his life right now. Um, Russell Westbrook, suddenly a six man of the year candidate. Who knew he would be saying that? But they finally figured out a way to to make that partnership work and they have finally hit their stride. So at this point, any trades that they may have been considering, I think you put that aside for now and see how the rest of December plays out for you before you consider trading anyone at this point, because they're starting to make it work. Yeah. I think, I think the Lakers are a a great pick too, because um, yeah, so much of the conversation is, is let's trade Russ and see what we can get, et cetera. But you know, how long has Russ been coming off the bench? Like, you know, like I think it's like less than 15 games. So um, that already is a foundational kind of shakeup. So, uh, and obviously LeBron, right. You know, you're you're not going to throw away one of his last years, um, and as someone that has uh, Anthony Davis in, in, a, in one of my fantasy leagues, he uh, is really having bragging, an, bragging. bragging, a little bit of brag there. Um, he is outrageous right now. Um, and uh, yeah, just when you think someone perhaps has hit their ceilings sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I've definitely you know spoken about Davis in sort of like a past tense in a way. And, you know, he he looks like. Hey, potentially his best basketball is still in front of him, which is a lot to say of someone that talented. Um, so I, I was wrestling between a couple teams for my pick. Um, I've heard a lot of blow up the bulls recently. And I I think I am more on the side of blow it up for the bulls. Although I think there's an argument there that they just put together this team of, uh, of guys that they have. And, you know, a lot of the off season was, there was conversation, you know, there's a little bit of uh, this on the low post, but, you know, conversation around like how important Lonzo Ball is. And he hasn't played this year. Um, you know, they have Pat Williams. They have a, a lot of like kind of not dissimilar to the Raptors. There's been sort of things that have happened 
where you know it just hasn't gelled properly. Levine hasn't quite uh, performed the way that I think uh, you know we know he can perform. So the Bulls are kind of there, but I, I also see the argument for blowing it up. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the team I feel like absolutely needs to stay the course uh, is the Brooklyn Nets. I think that they are are just starting to figure it out. Um, they have a lot of talent on there, you know, and uh, I, I think I'm one of the only people I know that still has belief in Ben Simmons. Um, I, I don't know if he can ever get to the player that he was, but I feel like we've just started to see Ben Simmons be valuable in a way that I feel like, you know, was written off some time ago. Um, and I think you're, you're hoping for no more distractions, which I, I don't know if that's realistic as an, as a Nets fan, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't move KD. They've decided to to stick with it. They traded or they, they got rid of Steve Nash um, and they're, they're doing okay. So I think, you know, TJ Warren just came back. Um, uh, maybe just, I'm just saying this as a Raptors fan because they look so good against us, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I think if I think if you're Brooklyn, like you need some form of consistency. Like they just have not had it. You know, they got KD injured, the whole debacle with um, you know Kyrie and the vaccine, and then obviously Harden and everything. Um, I feel like you have to try to get some kind of consistency there, and yeah, you know, see what you can do with this core. Um, cool. That's uh, that's my answer. The Brooklyn Nets. Uh, this is uh, this is the end of the pod. Thank you both so much for joining. Um, love having you both on. Appreciate you both. Uh, I'll bring Maddie D in here. Uh, but before we kind of go to uh, our, our plugs at the end here, let me go to you first, Catherine. Um, what's up? What's going down? What do you what do you want to plug? Yeah, um, I have my show here on Raptors Republic called the Buckets and Tea NBA Show. Uh, we typically release episodes every Friday. Uh, I have a, a guest each week and we talk about the NBA and the Raptors and then our Nick Nurse Hottie Highlight of the Week. Uh, if you haven't seen it on Raptors Republic yet, we made a Nick Nurse calendar. It's called the Happy and Angry at Refs 2023 calendar. Yes, get your uh, calendar. We- the amazing Dana at Great Dane uh, illustrated these amazing pictures for us. Every month is a picture of him smiling and happy and another picture of him uh, yelling and being angry at a ref. It's really capturing his whole essence. And uh, yeah, check that out on, on Raptors Republic as well. Amazing. Um, definitely check it out. It's an amazing podcast. And um, we are the young guns. So listen, if you if you, uh, if you love Amir, you simply must support uh, Buckets and Tea. Yeah. Uh, well, and I've got a, I've got a, an OG. Uh, Lewis is going to be my, my guest this week, Lewis Atzman. So amazing. Um, Mac, what's up? Uh, what do you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I just have running off the screen on Raptors Republic. I'm trying to be weekly, but my life is so busy. So <laughs> it's been hey. bi-weekly and like scattered here and there. I'm going to try and be more consistent. Um, but yeah, I, I provide analysis. I'm going to have some guests and uh, I, I want to kind of, I want to get you guys on for an episode in the coming weeks. If you guys are available at any time and yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Um, and as a podcaster, I hear you. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be consistent. Um, uh, Maddie D, my, my special producer, uh, what's up? What do you want to let people know? Uh, hit them with the good stuff about the, this pod. 
Oh. Sorry, I was on mute there. Uh... He's so selfless, he <laughs> muted himself. Wow. Huge. I do, because when you guys are talking, usually I'm just screaming and going crazy in the background. Yes. Are you really? <laughs> no. I just, in case something happens, I don't want to disturb you guys. It's a professional thing. Uh, it, you know, I think you guys said everything we need to say about Raptors Republic, like go to the Rapcast, subscribe there if you want to listen to Catherine's podcast, Max podcast, the wrap up. We got all kinds of content. I think the Rapcast is like number three in iTunes right now for basketball in Canada. So that's pretty cool. And as well, yeah, remember there's the paywall that is up for the editorial content. These guys work really hard, pay six bucks a month and get that great content. That would be great. Very much appreciated. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We'll see you next week. And, and you know, keep your chin up. Oh, and he's got, he's got the two card. Yes. Oh, now we Amazing. have to explain it. Yeah. Quick shout out to Maddie D. Uh, my partner went to a gift exchange with him. And because Maddie D is the greatest person in the world, um, he, his gift was a toque that has a built-in light, um, and it also has built-in headphones. Uh, the light is a couple different settings. I think if you if you wear this long enough, probably it will combust in flames and you light your head on fire. Uh, <laughs> but Maggie D is uh, the greatest person in the world. I really wanted to shut the lights off for this. Uh, but um, this is the best I could do. I couldn't wear this the whole pod. Uh, I oh think my, my head God. would melt. Um, <laughs> looks but, it looks uh, like you got some kind of Iron Man thing going yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it looks like it looks like part of my head is open. Um, I got, I got I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out what need this fulfills. Like, no, you I know think. what? You know what? For for the Portland Trailblazers, for whoever's hiking in the dark there, yeah, yeah waiting for the team to win, they could really use that. No, this this comes from someone who 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 snow blows during a blizzard. Yes, exactly someone who you know, deals with the snow a lot someone like maddie d who needs to be prepared to listen to music and have uh light for when it's dark out um, but also once that all built into a toque um nobody asked for this uh but uh maddie d you're the greatest so uh, thank you very much um, again uh shout out to everyone who's been listening and following and supporting uh we appreciate you uh and of course yeah uh support raptors republic um, this, uh, you know, this podcast is going to air uh, on the 7th, but if you're going to, um, the, uh, the Jack Armstrong concert, you will see me. I'm going tonight. Um, uh, or you have seen me, but, uh, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen there, but I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Thank you very much. Matty D. If you feel like we're done and we're good to go and you like this toque, please just give me those words. I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.